what did we learn yesterday? Okay? So we started out a little bit ways down on Davchov Chesam and Aleph at the opinion of the Chachamim that say it's Mefarev Rezor Luruach, which means that you that the way to get rid of Chametz does not need to be burning. You can also break it into crumbs and spread it out to the uh, spread it out to the to the wind to the wind and let the wind take it away. Exactly. Not any, no, you cannot directly feed animals, that is your responsibility, because that's called benefiting, you're not at the point when, so anyway, that's the, that's the, okay, you're not allowed to, if I want to feed my animals chametz, that's a problem, that's a big, one of the big issues is uh, people who have pet dogs, and there might be chametz in their, in their food that they feed the dogs, or pet birds, sure. it's also relevant, so. The fish, right, fish food is a very big problem. I remember my, my, my brother had a parakeet and my father went shopping for millet, you know, fresh millet, and that was the food instead of the, the regular bird, bird food. They didn't like matzah crumbs. All I know is that the parakeet was not interested in matzah crumbs. <laughs> I know some Jews that aren't so interested in the matzah crumbs. Okay. I don't know. That's a good question. All right. Anyway, so the Gemara basically says, And the question is, is that is the modifier of Mefarer going on both the spreading out to the wind and throwing in the sea, meaning you also have to be Mefarer when you throw it to the sea, or is it only when it goes to the wind, then you've got to break it into crumbs, but when you throw it to the sea, you can throw it into the sea intact. Now, this same exact question really applies also by Avodah because Allah is very similar. What do you do with Avodah that you've got to get rid of? Okay, we're talking about where it doesn't really burn, so that's not even an option. So Rabbi Yossi says, you should grind it down into little powder and then throw it to the wind, or you can throw it into the sea. And you can ask the same question there. Do you need to grind it down before you throw it to the sea? Or can you throw it to the sea intact? Now, so we saw two opinions. First was Rabbah, who says that it makes more sense that since Avodah Zarah, because Avodah Zarah is not thrown to just any old sea, you have to throw it specifically to the Yamamelech, which eats it up. So since it's the Yamamelech anyway going, so therefore you don't need it to be ground down because it's so caustic. But Chametz, which is going into any body of water, surely would need to be ground up. And uh, Reb Yosef says the exact opposite makes more sense. Avodah Zarah, which doesn't like melt when it gets wet, so then you need to grind it up even no matter what, what water you're throwing it into. Chametz, which um, gets waterlogged and then breaks down anyway, even if it's intact, there's no reason to break it into crumbs before it. We saw actually there's a b'risa backing up both Rabbah and Reb Yosef. The b'risa that backs up Rabbah says that when you're in the desert, and you have bread, you could be mefarer zolaruch. If you're on a ship, you're mefarer umatel yam. Okay? Which um, sounds like that you do have to break it into crumbs before throwing it to the sea, which is like Rabbah. Because Rabbah says that only um, avodazara can be thrown in intact. And the Brysa also supports Rav Yosef because it says if you're in the desert and you have avodazara you need to get rid of, 
So you grind it up and throw it to the wind. If you're on a ship, you grind it down and throw it in the sea. Okay, um, which clearly says that, uh, that, the, that it needs to be ground up before going into the sea. So the Shechika is a question on Rabbah. The Pirur is a question on Rav Yosef. How does Rabbah answer the question about Shechika? Because it's going, when, it, when can it be thrown in intact when it's being thrown into the Yamamelech? Here it was talking about a ship that was at a regular sea, not on the Yamamelech, not on the Dead Sea. And uh, the Pirur of Rav Yosef is also not difficult. Uh, when would we Pirur if it's wheat? Wheat kernels, that would need to be ground up because it stays in its form, as opposed to bread, which, even intact, will get totally broken up in by the water and there's nothing to worry about. So you mean wheat kernels are talking about wheat kernels are exposed to water? Obviously, yeah, correct. Oh, right, which brings us to the new Mishnah, which is the Chametz of a Gentile that is over of a Pesach, so it's Mutter Ba'anoah. Chametz of a Jew that over of a Pesach is Osir Ba'anoah, you're not allowed to benefit from it. And that's based on the Pesach of Or. So the question the Gemara wanted to know really kept us busy the entire yesterday's stuff. We did not have a, an answer to this question, is who's the author of the Mishnah? Because we are familiar with three opinions. You have Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Shimon, and Rabbi Yosei And none of them would make sense to the Mishnah. And we'll, we'll, we'll see how it works out. The price of basically is talking about Chametz. And the first opinion is Rabbi Yehuda. He says, Chametz before Pesach or after Pesach is a negative prohibition. It's a dull rice, it's a Torah law, and it's a negative prohibition. During Pesach, not only is it a negative prohibition, but it's also Kares. This is Shitas Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Shimon says, actually, there is no Isser Chametz before Pesach at all, or after Pesach at all. The only Isser Torah is on Pesach, and then it's a Al-Kares and a Lav. And uh, the moment that it's also Bachila, it's also Bano, is going like who? Like Rabbi, like Rabbi Yud. Then came along Rabbi Yossi Aglili, and he says, not only, like in the more, most lenient opinion, he says that it's only Asr Be'a Achila. Um, um, Rabbi Yosef says that it's Asr Be'a. Be'a so Rabbi Yosef says it's only Asr Be'a Achila. It's not Asr Be'a at all, even during Pesach. Now, what happened? Then the Gemara, then the Bright continues. The Chametz from the sixth hour and up. Is over below. So say, how do I know that? The pasuk says, "Lo sochal Allah chametz." It's going on the korban pesach, which is brought erev pesach, and for, you're not allowed to eat chametz during the time of the bringing of the korban pesach. That's how Rabbi Yudah learns that pasuk. Rabbi Shimon says that's not the pshat in the pasuk. He's not talking about erev pesach because the pasuk says very clearly, "Lo sochal of chametz shivas yamim tochal of matzos." We're talking about clearly during the seven days, um, which is on pesach itself. So what does it mean, meaning when there's a mitzvah to eat matzah, there's an iser to eat chametz. And when there's no mitzvah to eat matzah, there's no iser to eat chametz. So you're wrong, okay? Now, what's the reasoning of Rabbi Yehuda? Because there's three psukim. It says one place, lo yeochel chametz. It says, komach metes lo sochelu. And it says, lo sochel olav chametz. One is before the time of Pesach. That's lo sochel of chametz. One is after Pesach, uh, the, that's uh, the, 
pasuk of Komach Metzes Losochelu, even after Pesach, and the other one is during Pesach. What does Reb Shimon do with those three psukim? What, um, so he says, one is for Tochsmano, that's Losochal, all of Chomet, um, and as we clarified, right? And Chomach Metzes, he uses that to tell you that it's even when it's a chimutz from something else, it's, a, it's an artificial thing that made the dough rise, that also is included, not only when it rises of natural means, so that also qualifies. And um, uh, okay, it doesn't have to be with mother dough that it was made to rise, okay? And that's what it learns from kol machmetas. Anything that has risen is also going to be not allowed to be eaten. And the pasuk of lo yeochel chametz, according to him, is needed, um, like Rabbi Yosef Glili teaches, because he says that in Pesach Mitzrayim, where uh, the chametz iser was only for one day. And that's because it says, Lo Yechel Chametz, right next to Hayom Atem Yotim. So today, that one day was the day of Yitzhak Chametz. Afterwards, you could have bread. Rabbi Yehuda, okay, so how does Rabbi Yehuda know these ideas? Number one, how does Rabbi Yehuda know that if it was Nishametz from a Dover Acher, from some alternate means, instead of the basic, the normal way, so how do you know that that's, uh, that, that, uh, that that's also considered chametz? Because why else would the Pasuk use the word machmetz? So that's enough of a basis for him. And how does he know Rabbi Yosef Aglili's idea? One of two possibilities. Either he learns it from the fact that it's written next to Ayyayim, um, or it's to tell you, smuchin, um, or he disagrees with the principle, because he doesn't touch in smuchin, unless in Mishnah Torah, and therefore, in fact, he doesn't hold like Rabbi Yosef So either he argues or Rabbi Yosef or he learns it by just by the fact that it's written next to Ayyayim, so you learn how Pesach Mitzrayim happened, but it doesn't change the fact that Lo Yechal Chomis is talking during Pesach. All right. <clears throat> so we mentioned... How do you know that when you eat chametz from six hours and up, excuse me, <coughs> how do you know when you eat chametz from six hours and up that you're over a negative prohibition? Pasuk says, Lo of chametz. That's shitas from Yehuda. So Reb Shimon said, um, how can you say that? It was, um, it says, Lo of chametz, shimis yamim of matos, which is a very strong question. So how does Reb Yehuda answer Reb Shimon's proof. So Reb Yudha will tell you, that's to tell you that there's an obligation of Achilles Matzah in the Isser, Achilles Chometz, even when there's no Korm Pesach. Okay? How does, okay, so how does Reb Shimon know that? From a different Pesach, because the Pesach says, Be'erev Tochle Matzos, that there's a mitzvah of Achilles Matzah, regardless, irrespective to the having of the Korm Pesach. Why is Reb not able to learn it from there? Because he uses it to tell him at a Tame person or somebody who's on the path who was far away from Beis HaMikdash also needs to eat matzah. Um, since he, you might think since he doesn't need the Pesach, he doesn't have matzah tomorrow. So uh, maybe he doesn't have matzah tomorrow. Kamash that he does. And Reb Shimon says, I don't need a Pesach for them because Tame and Sh'ayu is no different than an Arel and a Ben Nechar who don't have a right to participate and eat the carbon Pesach, and still they do have the mitzvah to eat matzah and more. As the Pesach says, they can't eat it, meaning the Pesach. And the bottom line is, 
Uh, we learn it from there, and according to Rabbi Yehuda, it says it in both places, for both of them. Okay. The bottom line question, and this is where we left off, is this. Who could the author of our Mishnah be? First of all, it doesn't fit with Rabbi Yehuda, because it doesn't talk about who is Chamet. It said a statement that Chamet before Pesach is Asr, Chamet after Pesach is Asr, it doesn't matter who owned it over Pesach. Okay? So that's one problem. And it can't be Rabbi Shimon, because Rabbi Shimon also says that a Jew's Chamet is Mutter after Pesach. And Rabbi Yosef Glili says even during Pesach is a Mutter. So none of them really fit in, and that is really where we left off. And we're going to take it from the answer for today's daf. Yeah.